Welcome to this podcast episode of Strategize Your Business Online. I am your host and digital marketing strategist, Dee Boswell-Buck. Today, I am meeting with Jen Harper. Jen is an award-winning social entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics Incorporated. Cheekbone Beauty is a digitally native direct-to-consumer brand that is helping Indigenous youth see themselves in a beauty brand while using the concept of life cycle thinking in the brand's ethos and developing products, creating a new segment in the beauty industry, sustainable, socially conscious beauty. Jennifer Harper has been making a name for herself in the beauty industry for a number of years, but has been gaining popularity quickly after being on the hit CBC show, Dragon's Den. Cheekbone Beauty's mission is to help every Indigenous youth see and feel their enormous value in the world while creating sustainable color cosmetics. In addition to Cheekbone's mission, she strives to educate as many people as possible on the residential school system and the effects it has had on her family and friends through decades of generational trauma. She speaks regularly to university, college, and high school students about social entrepreneurship, empathy, and the history of her First Nations family. You're listening to Strategize Your Business Online, designed for entrepreneurs like yourself who are looking to get more visibility strategically for your business in the online space. I'm Dee Boswell Buck, digital marketing strategist and founder of Boswell Buck Creative. Welcome to another episode of Strategize Your Business Online. I am your host and digital marketing strategist, D. Boswell Buck. Today, I am with award-winning social entrepreneur, Jen Harper. Jen is the founder and CEO of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics Incorporated. Jen, thank you very much for being here and welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So Jen, I've been following you for quite some time and I would love it if you can start off with letting me know or letting us know who you are, and what is it that you do? I'm the founder of Cheekbone Beauty Cosmetics, and I'm also a mom, a wife, a sister, a daughter, and community member. And I really have no business sometimes. I feel like being in the beauty industry. It's where I've ended up. But back in 2014, I literally had like life-changing events happen, got sober. So I struggled with alcoholism for a really long time. And once I got sober, it was January of 2015, which is like just a like a month and a bit, a couple months later, it felt like not very long, where I had this crazy dream and all of these native little girls were covered in lip gloss and it jumped out of bed that night. And it was like, it just seemed like so like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I was like, going to make lip gloss, going to figure out how to make that part happen. And then I really added this layer of how can I support my community? And if I rewind, I've always in some shape or form was looking for a way to reconnect to my roots, to my family that is Ojibwe that lives in Northwestern Ontario. So I grew up kind of separated from that part of my family and that part of my identity. 
And really that had left such a big hole in my life. So it was this whole reconnection happening. I'm learning about at the same time that my grandmother was a survivor and grandfather of residential school. So I know I don't even need to explain that anymore. Thanks to the mass media coverage that we now know it gets, which that didn't happen historically. We all know that. And so learning that it was just this incredible aha moment of like, oh my goodness, like it explains, we all have dysfunction and imperfections within our family structures, but mine felt like, whoa, really, really functional. And that really explained a lot for me. So I learned through some research about generational trauma, how my grandparents' experience was really passed on to my father and then ultimately passed on to me and my siblings. And how I really did have the power to be a part of changing that narrative and that story for me and my family and then my extended family. And then, you know, the more I looked into it, I'm like, literally so many First Nations, Métis, Inuit families have these same struggles. And if we saw stories or could relate to them of someone overcoming these things, how powerful that could be. And throughout my experience of struggling with alcoholism, I was always searching like this is serious, like searching for people. OK, on like Googling alcoholics that got sober, like I wanted to see the stories. When you're in that like deep, dark pit, you just want to see someone that overcomes it because it's very, very rare. The percentages like it's like below 5% of people in addiction actually ever recovery. So you feel very, very hopeless when you're the one battling it. And it's it truly is a disease of the mind, not like but very much like other diseases, like it does exist within people. And it's really, really a huge challenge. And I'm just I'm super proud of myself one for overcoming it and being in recovery this long. And then what I've been able to do, you know, it was life changing that dream the the whole sobriety journey and building cheekbone beauty is only because of that healing journey and that sobriety. And so I'm really adamant about sharing that one because Indigenous kids, a lot of us come from families that have this kind of these issues. And I don't want anyone to feel ashamed about that anymore. I feel like there's so much shame surrounding addiction and it actually keeps people stuck in addiction so much longer than they have to be if they really want to get well. So that's the that's me in a nutshell prior to and we can get into like having no experience in the beauty industry and how we've figured this out. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I have a question with regards to you said that like five percent, it's about five percent who come out of addiction. So would you say that it was the passion of owning a business or the passion of making a change through your business that was able to propel you out of addiction? So did a lot of research and discovered that addiction, as I said, it's like a it's an it's a mind issue. It's a neurology disease, really. And the more I studied the brain and that how neuroplasticity, our our brains were designed and we create pathways. And this is since we're children in birth. And so early on, I've told people this story, but I was 10 years old and me and my girlfriend literally broke into her dad's homemade brew cabinet. And we were like shared one beer and we're only 10 years old. Like, I can't believe that in grade four, but it was half a beer. And I can tell you, I still remember that moment and was like, oh my gosh, I love the way this makes me feel. And I was able to feel funny and feel like I could express myself. So that my brain started that pathway at a very young age and so began a life 
long problem with alcohol until it exploded. And so in reading a book called The Power of Habit by Dr. Charles Duhigg, I'm like going, oh my goodness. So I have the power to change those pathways. Yes, it's a heck lot of work. It's a ton. It's a lifetime new, new job in itself. But Chico Beauty is literally that new pathway that I created and became obsessed with. And so here's the, the, the reality though and the true, the true facts. Is that healthy? Some days probably not because that passion can become, and we all know this, like I would consider myself a workaholic now. And so it's about understanding that. And this is a lot healthier of an ism or an addiction versus having an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction or any other an addiction. However, it's still about being super conscious of the, the ability that I could get truly obsessed in this and that I have to pull back and check myself, really. So when you described yourself, when you said you're a mother, you're a wife, you also mentioned that you're a community member. Can you describe what that means? Yeah. So I say that because I feel so long, like I didn't fit in somewhere. And I know all the research I do on other people coming from mixed race or mixed families or mixed identities, you get really confused and don't know where you fit in. So now I know I'd fit in. I love the Maya Angelou quote of where she belongs nowhere. She belongs everywhere. And I'm like, I literally, I never got that. I would read it before and I never got it. And it was only probably just before I turned 40 where I was reading that poem. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Yes. Like I, I belong here. I don't belong here. It's that's, we all feel that way. And so I, I think it's just owning that. And so now I feel so comfortable and confident in saying I'm a community member, whether it's the town I live in or my region that I live in or my indigenous community or my cheekbone community. Like I feel like community has so many offerings and I feel a part of all of that. I was on your website. And being into digital marketing, I love a website that's very clear and it really says what it stands for. And, you know, when I read it, like where whatever page I go to, I go on, it talks about how we give back, like, like right across the menu. And I saw an article that featured you and it said that what Cheap Bone Beauty does is that it gives Indigenous people a much needed place to be seen. Can you go a little bit more deep into that? Yeah, I'm like, I love whoever said that. So that's what we're, that's what we were trying to achieve this whole, this whole time. We call ourselves a sustainable beauty brand now. And people always generally put sustainability in environmental issues. Whereas at Cheekbone Beauty, yes, of course, it's an environmental issue. But for us, it was always a community issue, meaning how are we sustaining our youth and our communities when we know all of these historical things have happened to our kids and our families and that generational trauma still exists and it is still being passed on. How do we help empower them and make them feel seen? And so growing up and never feeling like I could relate to any marketing or branding personally and seeing another Indigenous woman in anything, not remembering any of that happening, that was literally the first layer of us building the brand was like, how can we make this a place where where kid, these Indigenous kids feel seen? And that would be just, it's simply as using models in our marketing, right? That are Indigenous. Right. And you definitely, not only do you have in, Indigenous models on your website, but you you are embracing everybody on your website as well. Yeah. And so it's funny, we do have, it's predominantly Indigenous models, but not all. And 
it's we really wanted to showcase an indigenous person. If you're coming from a mixed race, you may not look like a typical sort of the Hollywood version of what a, a native or an indigenous person would look like. So we were very aware that if you're Afro-Indigenous, you're, of course, not going to look like the typical Indigenous person. And so it was really important for us to show that. And we come as Indigenous people, wherever you are in the world, from so many different tribes and nations and cultures that, because we're not all the same, it's like almost, it's really interesting when you learn that like there is that pan term, right, Indigenous globally, that's a lot of different groups of people but they could have so many similarities and then it's, it'd be so different in so many ways. And so we wanted to make sure that the global Indigenous group feels welcome and seen. And for youth, that that for us became a, a global concern and also just not showing sort of that one look, which people, we and we tend to do that. It's imperfect humans. We like say, we think like the typical Native American, that's what I think of, right? Like when, when you think of the Hollywood version of what an, a Native person is supposed to look like, and so we're trying to remove that. And it's, it is, it's very difficult, not easy task, but I think it's just about constantly having that conversation and showcasing all kinds of different faces. Oh, well, thank you very much for explaining that. That's amazing. You have a goal for 2023 and it is to have, is it zero waste in your packaging? Yes. So I always, I'm, I, our goal is, had always has been and always will be these crazy, we call them big, hairy, audacious goals, like so lofty, like you cannot reach them. So our goals are big because zero waste is absolutely impossible for packaged manufactured goods company. Like it would be absolutely impossible, especially if we did when you do, if you think about supply chain and your operations and all of the things that come to play within the product, but trying to achieve that, that's the, that's the sort of the game for us that we're in. Like, how can we push the limits and re and think of re-envision and reimagine what packaging for beauty looks like, especially in our industry? We've noticed that. I don't know if you've ordered something and you open the box and then there's a box inside the box and then it's in a plastic thing. And then I'm like, how, okay, there's gotta be a way. And as a business now, I'm like, okay, they're doing this because obviously they don't want this to break and they, they want to protect it. And, but there, there has to be better ways. And there are, you know, we're finding in with innovation so many incredible new raw ingredients to package items in that can be biodegradable, like those insert units that we all used to see in plastic and foam. They're making them out of mushroom now. Like there's so many different options. So we we're here for that. I always say maybe we're not the ones part of inventing the new innovation. However, we have our own innovation that we're working on, which I'm also super, super pumped about. But when it comes to packaging, we're looking for partnering with and waiting for people just to invent stuff so that we can lessen our, our carbon footprint, our packaging footprint, do whatever we can to possibly do less. Does it cost more to make that carbon footprint smaller? Does it cost Absolutely. more to do that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And so this is the, this is the crazy catch, which is so interesting because we're at a space where people want this, but don't want to pay for it. And it's expensive right now because it's not common or it's not the norm. It's not the, it's not the, the trend for everyone. It's not mainstream. So we have to all do it to keep pushing it to become mainstream because then when the giant companies start to do it, 
then it becomes more affordable for all the companies. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I took my daughter out to the aquarium. I'm in Toronto, Ontario. So I took her out to the aquarium and it's like our fifth time there. So every time it's a different experience. So on the fifth time, I was doing a lot of reading now because it's like, I've seen the octopus already. I've seen all of this fish. And there was something that really grabbed my attention and it showed like a wire mesh turtle. And then it was packed with hundreds of plastic bags. They crumpled this plastic bag and it was on display. And then there was a sign that said the lifespan of a plastic bag is about 12 minutes. And I put that into perspective because, you know, the other day we've got we got some art supplies for her. And so this was after the aquarium. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it will take us about 12 minutes to go home. So we're going to put these goods into that plastic bag. We're going to go home. We're going to dump it out. And then the bag, we're going to dispose of it. Right. But before I already, we already knew about plastic bags. But now it's like just having that education. I'm just yeah. thinking about things differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think that's the purpose is, of course, one person cannot make the difference. Right. And we're, we're really going to only lessen the damage that's already been done. Let's face it, human beings are not the best at the way that they've treated the planet. But it's that idea of caring. Like that shows me, like I just, I don't know, I fall in love with people that actually take the time to think about those things. And, and then that becomes important to them. And it's like automatically attracted to that other fellow human being that cares that much too, right? Yeah. So I think it's just time we stop and pay attention and do whatever we possibly can. And it's not going to be perfect, but we can try. And, you know, a lot of companies, they're they're busy and they're, they're speaking about how they're trying to make a difference. What I also liked on your website is like when I took a look at your lipsticks, you actually have a diagram there that talks about how to dispose of it once you're done, right? The container. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we just like, it, it's not always with the, the journey that we're on, it's really a lot of educational marketing that has to happen. And you would know this marketing. We love in marketing just to say three words, one word to explain all of these things that we have to do. But unfortunately, in some industries, especially when it comes to environmental issues and green steps and realizing because it's very nuanced, like there's no full solution, one size fits all. For every business industry brand, for instance, packaging. So plastic is getting the total bad rap in, in the world right now. But in so many cases, it's unbelievably how the process to make plastic is actually far more sustainable because of the energy use versus making aluminum or glass. So it's really interesting to when you get, you have to get the full scope of every situation and scenario to understand what solution is the best. And then there's also plastics that are being transformed and repurposed. And so is that an option? Of course it has to be because when we have so much plastic waste, we need to do something with that, right? We know, we all know about that lump in the ocean where all of our waste and refuse from around the world goes. It's growing, 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 and it's massive. And if people can come up with ways to repurpose that, then of course it's a good option. So it's just really understanding it's not a black and white issue and that 
early on, I fell into the trap of believing plastic was the full on enemy, right? Like, let's eliminate all plastic and then understanding how energy, what the energy it takes to make something plastic versus aluminum is very, very different. And it's much higher to make aluminum versus the plastic, but aluminum. So it's the measuring it over time too. Like I'm, I'm super obsessed with all of these things right now. Aluminum can be reused, recycled forever. And so it's forever recyclable because it also holds more value in terms of the cost and then understanding the whole waste management and recycling systems that they're completely different in every region that you live. And so sometimes when we think something's being recycled, it's actually not. So do you want to use plastic in that situation? And that's, we're just scratching the surface here. We could go on for hours about the different situations and how glass is heavy and shipping that is actually worse off for the environment, even though it's a better item to reuse because it's heavy and that relates to more of a carbon footprint in terms of transportation and shipping. And so there's so many variables. And so for each brand and business, it's really important that you look at and do a full scope of sustainability from supply chain operations and just product development in itself. And it takes a lot of time and it's not easy. And then we thought we were doing so many things wonderfully, but we're working on a B Corp assessment right now. We're working on a carbon neutral assessment right now. And you just, it's amazing because you just see all the areas where you need to improve and make changes. And I felt like, oh, wow, we're doing so much. But now I'm like, no, we need to be doing more here and more over here. So it's a ton of work. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Like, I feel like I can wake up with a clearer conscience when I know I'm putting all these effort in as a business founder into making a really sustainable business. That's not just about greenwashing too, right? Like that we're not just saying these things that we're actually putting our words into action. That's so much to consider. And, you know, I'm speaking to you. We're in 2021. And then I have to jump back because we alluded, you alluded to it a little bit about going back to 2015 and you woke up and you're like, I want to have this type of company. Did you already know how to make cosmetics? No, (laughs) not, not one little bit. I, my career was in the food industry. So I had been in hospitality for, for 10 years and then in sales for broadline food distributions and then spending the last eight years in that food world in seafood. So like totally different world. Funny enough, though, my eight years in seafood, I really focused on sustainable seafood. And is it possible? And really worked with chefs and owners to try to bring better options for them and their customers. So it was interesting to me when I look back, like that's where I obviously have a passion for those things and feel that that's really important. But beauty, no experience, literally just Google searching my way to figure out how to get a lip gloss made. Here's the crazy part. Discovered because of my food background that it is not as difficult as one may think because there's a lot of manufacturers out there, what is called white labeling, where they will, they make products already and they're, they'll put your logo on it and sell it. Right. So almost like the industry where I'm thinking of the conference industry, because we all know this, like you can go on those company sites and if you want a water bottle, a reusable water bottle, you can slap your logo on and you want a t-shirt, you want a bag, you know what I'm talking about, right? So that industry exists for almost every industry now. So if you want your logo on a product per se, any, you can find manufacturers 
in this private labeling, white labeling world that are willing to do that. The crazy thing is, though, a lot of times you are bound to their packaging, their formulations. So we found someone in Toronto that was making really good products. Like we really loved the quality and the efficacy of the cosmetics. So really early on, I was like, okay, well, this is how we have to start. Because I had $500 when I started this. Wow. And that really only grabbed me a couple of the products that I could take pictures up and pop up on the site and register the web, the business and pay for the Shopify store. Right. And so I was using my phone to take pictures of product. And it was really the, it's like, it was the epitome of bootstrapping. So like grabbed the lip glosses in the beginning, put their pictures up and was just like waiting for, to see if people would buy them. And turns out we really were super fortunate because right away people started coming and buying. And so then I'm buying and this one supplier was willing to sell their stuff in very small quantities only because they were charging me like astronomical prices for it. So in no way, shape or form is any business ever going to be profitable doing this, this method or, but we knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that if we could prove that that model would work, then perhaps I would find some way somehow to get somebody to pay attention to us, to invest in us and help us make sustainable products. The big vision that I had down the road. So it was really just this test the market in that first 18 months, we proved that we were on something because we really hit over the $100,000 mark in in the second year. And so that was like a big deal for us, for sure. And then we were like, okay, what do we do now? And then I started doing all the work to develop and create how we're going to make our own formulations, how we're going to rethink the packaging and and then became the birth of. But finally, it took this long. It takes a really long time. It was 2022, 2020, when we launched our first lipstick that was all our formulations and our product. And then now everything is ours. We created the formulations, found partners to work with that believe in sustainability as much as we do, whether and and are very transparent about their supply chain. So we can guarantee things to our customers that we could never guarantee before because people wouldn't tell you anything. And so it wasn't hard to start, but it was really hard to get where we are today. But that's because we wanted to make a difference and do things differently. And so we built a lab last year where we employ our full-time chemist. We sit every day in making formulations. And we do it all through this indigenous lens now of, you know, using my Anishinaabe roots and understanding indigenous ways of knowing and being. And that was me researching my culture because I didn't grow up knowing these things and learning that, like, you know, there's brands that exist in this world. One, and I'll give it examples called Seven Generations. But there are these two dudes from New York City that start this brand called Seven Generations. And you know why they chose that name? Because it's an indigenous teaching that we're taught to think about whatever we're doing or making or creating, how will it impact the next generations? And the Iroquois teach that it's seven generations. And then many other indigenous groups teach that it's just about thinking about your great, great, great grandchildren's future when you're developing and creating things, which we know if we look at the evidence, there's none of these guys or gals during industrial revolution thought about any of that because it's really been detrimental to the planet. So it was fascinating for me to learn that these things are innately indigenous. And then I was like, why? 
you know, I read an article in the National Geographic that talks about how Indigenous people make up just about 5% of the global population. So that's 370 million globally. And they're the ones that are protecting 80% of the world's biodiversity. And biodiversity just means the ecosystems that help our planet run and operate. And, and, and that has anything to do with from knowing that, you know, our trees are the things sucking in the carbon and then releasing oxygen to help us. And it's all about those different systems, but it's indigenous people that are so closely connected to these things and pay attention to it. And you can see it if you just look in South America and you know that it's the Amazon people that are losing their lives trying to protect the rainforest because that is like the lungs of our planet. Like if you ever see like a side view of a forest, just watch the trees as they move up and down. And it's very indigenous to relate the heartbeats and the trees look like the heartbeat of the earth to me now when I see them from that view. And that's why Indigenous people are so connected to drumming, because again, the drumming is then the sound of all of our heartbeats. And there's a lot of Indigenous teachings on how that connects back to many of our different communities. But it's such a, and I'm learning all of this about who I am and where I come from. And I'm like, wow, can you imagine you used all of these ideas and philosophies in creating a business and how beautiful that would be? And so that's what we try to do at Chief Bone Beauty with a lot of the work that we're doing is thinking about those things on a deeper level and understanding that it's like innately indigenous to want to protect our planet. And that's because indigenous people have a teaching where it's we are in relationship to everything, every living thing. And it's funny, I'll call my dad and he'll sometimes say, our cousins are here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, the bears, they've come out of the bush they're in the yard today and though he calls them our cousins and our family comes from the bear clan and that's a clan system among indigenous people is very common but I laugh but I'm like no he like that's family to him right like they've showed up what they're bringing some kind of gift from the bush to him and it's it's really beautiful because I grew up with my mom and she's got no relationship with bears (laughs) (laughs) do you ever feel like after saying all of that I'm listening and do you ever feel that it's you against the world like you're so passionate about the planet and you're talking about how five percent of the population is really taking care of the planet I don't know if my question is coming out the right way but I mean I'm just thinking that's five percent and that's 95 percent of the rest of the world just taking shortcuts or (laughs) not being good to the environment I'm super hopeful. Like I believe that there's good in every human being and that when we know better, again, I'm like all about Maya Angelou today because I adore her poetry, but, but we just do better. So it's because we don't know. And that's, you know, I live in this space where I, I need to believe that every human that I connect with, that everyone's doing the best that they possibly can with what they know how in that moment. Because if they didn't, I think I would be angry, right? I'd be like, if all of us knew better and then chose to do the opposite, that's where I would be like upset. But I put in and it possibly could be true, but I'm choosing to live in the space where I believe everybody's doing the best they can because it helps me love my fellow, my fellow human being. Right. I love that. So 2020, all of the ingredients, they became like your ingredients, right? And that just sounds so wonderful considering what happened in 2020 with the pandemic. And my question to you is, you know, 2020, 
There's lockdowns in various parts of the world. Sometimes it's repetitive lockdowns and then introducing masks. How did this affect your business? I'm going to tell you the truth. Like those first few weeks in March, not only am I terrified for humanity and like what is happening, like it's just super scary of a time to be living through. Then I was like, oh my goodness, like I sell lipstick. Like we sell lipstick and masks are going on people's faces. So I think I was like in the fetal position like for a couple days, not getting out of bed, like everyone else, it was like eight thirty, And that's like, I'm up at 5am normally. It was like 8.30. And yeah, it was just really hard. And then I was just like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, keep chugging along. And, and, and sure enough, like our community is incredible. Like everybody stepped in and I think they knew small businesses were going to struggle. And so we had so much support and 2020 was our the best year that we had ever achieved at Chief Home Beauty, hitting seven figures in in revenue. And that was a massive feat for us to do in such a short period of time of being in business. So, and we sell lipstick, right? Like it's not like we're selling big, huge products or items or services. We, it's like a $32 lipstick. It was just incredible how people came to support and we were so appreciative of of that and gained a whole bunch of new customers because at the same time, Black Lives Matter was happening. And so during that time, people would shift it into a, a BIPOC issue, which, you know, that's a whole nother subject. I don't feel any of that should be combined. But anyway, they would create articles and we would be put in the article of a brand that is indigenous. And I think it's because of that social movement. Like if I'm being really honest, I know that that helped propel awareness about our brand because we're just a small brand. You know, in the digital world, it's not easy to find. When you're small, you're now small fish in a big, big, big pond. And every giant company had the dollars to jump online where small businesses don't have as much. So it's really saturated, but we're grateful because we were in many, many articles and we've got to gain a whole new community through that as well. Yeah, interesting. So I was on, well, I kept on saying I was on your website. Anyway, I was watching your IGTV and you're so passionate. Like you were, it was the, the Sundance lip gloss. I'm like, oh, I should. I'm wondering about that because I want to start wearing, I'm wearing a tiny bit and I've been focusing on the eyes at least because I'm wearing a mask, right? But I want to start wearing lipstick again. I want to start wearing bright colors. So I do have my eye on that red sustain lipstick. Is it called, am I pronouncing it properly? Aki? Yes. Oh, yeah. it's such a beautiful red. Yeah. And so is I'll mess this pronunciation up. Maria, who's on our team, always corrects me. Mac Choi, M-A-K-O-C. That is an incredible red because it's kind of more like a burnt red. And I feel like you could wear that every day where Aki is like, whoo, bright, Mm -hmm. bold. So it depends if you want, right? It's all up to individual, but they're both beautiful reds. Okay, buy two. (laughs) So what is your best selling item on your website? So to date always has been Sweetgrass lip gloss is like the number one seller because we've had that since day one. It's an item that's been around. How So what happened when we when we started making everything with our own ingredients, 
we've reformulated many of these products to meet the clean at Sephora standards because we're heading into Sephora in September and we get in their clean makeup category, which is really exciting. And so we had to reformulate a bunch of items because on their not clean list, there's a few ingredients that were not meeting their standard. So it's still sweet grass, still the same shade, but the formulations have been tweaked. But it's still amazing. Like everybody, the feedback has been phenomenal about the new product. So that's definitely. And then Aki has been the number one selling lipstick since we launched that product. Nice. On social media, what platforms does Cheekbone Beauty focus on? Like where do you reach more of your audience? Definitely Instagram. That's yeah. been our hub. It's where we were built really from Instagram. And what type of content do you do you focus on there? It was all user generated. So the whole method to my madness when it was just me working in the company before I had people helping, I was like, I can't, I'm not a photographer. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to digital marketing. And just started getting people sending us back pictures using our product and tagging us in it and reposting them and letting them use their words to describe their caption or copy that day. And I found that to be just really powerful, like a place where people can use our makeup and talk about how they're feeling or a subject or an issue. And it was just completely a user-generated space for a really, really long time. We're a little bit more strategic now, but we still use a ton of like, these are our community, our customers, the ones that are posting pictures. We rarely have photo shoots, believe it or not. No. Because it's really, we're a small brand. Like those things are like crazy expensive. And so we've done, I think, five from the beginning of our brand, maybe a little more, maybe a couple smaller ones, but it's only when we have a big, big new product launching that we're like, okay, let's have a real photo shoot. But it's, yeah, definitely user-generated content. It was built from that for sure. I can definitely see you having more images come through as they're shopping through Sephora, right? So that would be... Yeah, I'm so so excited to meet. Like, I love our community, but I think it's going to be fascinating to see if new people meet us through Sephora. I'm just really excited about that. That's awesome. So do you have anything new on the horizon besides the big Sephora thing? So yeah, that's huge for us. September 22nd, they are launching us which is very exciting. We've been working on this for a long time, but we just launched a complexion product. So it's not a foundation. It's not concealer. It's not contour, but it literally will replace all of those items in someone's makeup bag or kit. It is the most incredible product. Like I am, like I wanted to read, I just realized this, I should share it with you. Like the feedback we're getting from our community on this product is phenomenal. Like someone just said, like, they're like, threw my phone down. Like, this is it. You created the bomb. Tanya Kim, who's been in Canadian journalism for 20 years, she's like, oh my God, what did you make? Like, this is insane. It is the best product I've ever used. And so they're complexion pencils. And so because it's not foundation or concealer, but can be used as both, we talk about it being like, so easy because it's so blendable. And so it's not about finding like the perfect shade match, but it's about how you blend. And we suggest using three or four. I use one for like under my eyes. And then I I get see, I love the sun. So I have a lot of sunspots and I don't have any on right now, but it will literally add just this beautiful 
like luminous sheer layer of toning or something on top. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just an epic product. And we sent the formulation. It was tweaked a few times. We only launched nine shades. So that was scary in a world of where Fenty and other brands are launching like 56 and 60. I'm like, we cannot afford that. We're super small. And for us, this is all new complexion. And it's really hard to sell online and to do. And I'm like, how can we test the market? Again, going back to that, I love like A-B testing. So like, let's play around. Let's see what people like about the product. And so we picked nine shades. Three are fair with sort of the cool, neutral, warm undertone. Then we go to medium, same thing, like a cool, medium, warm undertone. And undertone is the skin thing. And we say to people how to find your undertone. Do you wear and look better in silver or gold jewelry? And that helps you decide once you know. And, and or if you're like, I love both and I look great in both. You're a neutral. You're like that. I'm I'm neutral. So I know like the, that's I can wear just about anything in any color and it all works like it's very rare. And then we have deep and we have three as well. So again, the warm, the the neutral and the cooler. And so you find the shades and it's about adding a little coverage if you want to cover up or conceal something or get rid of dark circles. We use it as an eyeshadow. It can be used as then it can be used as a contour or highlighter. And you literally, we have a new brush that came out with it and you just blend it. And it's like, if you've seen any of the videos, we are literally adding lines on our face and you're blending and you're like done. And it is like the most epic no makeup makeup look ever. And so I will literally toss on mascara, which is launching in Sephora, brand new product for us too on September 22nd and a lip gloss or lipstick. And I feel like I'm done. I'm good, but it's amazing. I'm like, can't. And as a marketing crew right now, internally, we're like having such a hard time because it's not an easy product to sell. It's like you have to get it in your hands. So we do offer, like if someone's not satisfied, that 100% guarantee for sure. All natural ingredients. Like it's just such, it's an incredible product. Incredible. I can't say enough. I'm very interested in checking that out. I mean, first of all, when you said that it replaces three three different types of makeup, I mean, I was already sold. Like I love, I do love makeup. I just struggle with like, what is the right thing to put on or, you know, a bit of the shine and whatnot. So um, I'm really interested in checking that out. Well, the hard thing about makeup is it's like, okay, so just when you just mentioned shine. Yeah. Now that's a whole different thing that we have to try to get rid of. And it's generally a powder that's going to help us do that. Right. So it's makeup is crazy because there is so many. And I was trying to like, we're trying to narrow it down. So like, what do you need to use and can use and how can we lessen all the stuff we're using, like multi-purpose products. And so that's what we're really working on trying to be innovative with is creating more products that are multi-use. So with these pencils, like for instance, number four for me is I can put it under on my lips and it covers up my sunspots. And then I use number two under my eyes and I'll throw on sweetgrass and I'm like, good to go. And that's it. And it's like a perfect sort of layer before the lip. I don't know. There's there's so many uses for the product. It's incredible, but it's so easy to use. And I did see that with your Sundance lip gloss, you you were putting it on your lips and then you put it on your cheeks and I was like, oh, even on my eye, you put it on your eyes and I'm like, get out of town. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And it adds like that I'm in the summer. Yeah. You're going to sweat and be all glowy anyway. I'm like, let's glow it up, I right? Love <laughs> I love the dewy looks. Beautiful. So thanks so much, Jen. It was great talking to you. And how can our listeners find out more about you? If you can share that, your website, where can sure. you online? So our Instagram account, which is at Cheekbone Beauty, or head to our website, which is CheekboneBeauty.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Strategize Your Business Online. If you found value in what you heard today, please leave us a review. And feel free to share this podcast with someone you think who would love it. You just might get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when a new episode is released. Do you find the online space challenging when it comes to increasing your brand's visibility? Visit my website and register for my monthly free masterclass. Or connect with me on Instagram. You can head over to dboswellbuck.com and you'll find all the links that you need right there. It's always my goal to align your business goals strategically with your online presence. We'll see you on the next episode.